0: Chasing love can drive you mad, or make you feel real good,
1: make you feel so sad. Oh, oh, oh. love.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the spoiler warning podcast. This is review number seven forty nine with a review of Priscilla. I'm Christopher Schneizi,
1: and I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time the spoiler warning podcast is a weekly film review program each week on the show we're going to dive in debate discuss and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you this week we have a few films uh you know total number unknown uh, we're going to sit down and start recording we're going to get at least two reviews out for you and then maybe a uh, follow-up maybe next week or something with the with yeah. the remainder but we'll see how things go the night's still semi-young right Stephen?
1: <laughs> oh yeah i mean the night is uh, uh... Age appropriately young, not as young as uh, someone that we 're going to be talking about in this recording
0: <laughs> yeah fourteen year olds can stay up past eight thirty right
1: yeah, I think so
0: <laughs> oh man, Steven, you still feeling weird that like we 're coming back we got the <laughs> we got we got Elvis himself, Steve and I were just in the theater to watch Elvis himself in another film, which we may not get to a review tonight of, um, but now we 're going to come back and talk about this film it's It feels weird to kind of like have that connection going there right
1: <laughs> it does it, it feels very very strange just a, a deja vu experience lordy lordy lordy
0: <laughs> this time he gets to be you know more centered than uh maybe he was in the elvis film
1: yeah i mean similarities similarities in both though without spoiling um the other movie that we're talking about it would be hard to really talk about where they differ <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is true,
1: but yeah, Alorti is having a moment. I I was telling you before recording that I have not watched Euphoria, so I don't have like a prior filmic relationship with him. But just this year, he was in Priscilla, he's in Saltburn, and he was also in The Sweet East, which is a movie that premiered can that I hope is going to come to the U.S. at some point that I really like. <laughs> so I feel like he is having a moment. I'm seeing him everywhere, and honestly. Don't want to spoil how I feel about either movie, but I think he's great at acting. I think he's a great screen presence, and I'm totally into whatever he does next.
0: Yeah, I also don't want to spoil too much uh, getting into this film here, Priscilla, but I do kind of feel like his height is doing half the job (laughs) that he was hired for for this film. Of course.
1: Yeah, the height is used very, very, very well. Um, Can I blow your mind? Um, Jacob Elordi. He's he's actually (laughs) (laughs) 5'2". yeah um the the hobbits actually kneeled in front of him to make it look different it's it's all perspective no uh the mind-blowing thing that i looked up right before recording is that jacob and kaylee spaney are the exact same age they're both 26 years old so anything about age gaps and creepiness is entirely due to his height and acting and camera tricks basically um there is a version of this movie where the Basically, these two could play characters that you 100% believe being in a completely copacetic, positive, healthy, age-appropriate relationship. And instead, <laughs> just by virtue of filmmaking style and their acting, um, I don't know about you, but I felt like I should not be seeing any of the romance that is on screen.
0: <laughs> Steven, we do not disagree about that fact. We just disagree about what, what it's attributed to. Right. <laughs> I mean, she did great playing a 14-year-old. He just was there.
1: Okay, we'll get into (laughs) it. We'll get into it. Should we get into it now, Steven? Yeah, let's get into it.
0: All right. Let's take a listen to the trailer for Priscilla and then come back and give everybody a review. Hi. What's your name?
1: Priscilla Boyer. You like Elvis Presley? Of course. Who doesn't?
0: What are the kids listening to these days?
1: Bobby, Darren, Fabian, and you. <laughs>
0: Just what is the intent here, Mr. Presley? You got women throwing themselves at you. Why my daughter? Well, sir, I happen to be very fond of your daughter.
1: She's much more mature than her age. 21! Yeah! 22, what? that's
0: 22. 22.
1: You don't have to worry about it. Black hair, the
0: more eye makeup. I don't know if I like it. What do you mean you don't know if you like it?
1: He's not like you imagined. You know, there's a lot of rumors about you. Was there something you're hiding?
0: I don't have a goddamn thing to hide. I need a woman who understands that things like this might happen. Are you gonna be here or not?
1: I want a life of my own.
0: All right. So that was the trailer. Priscilla um, is basically a film that is uh, the story of uh, Priscilla sort of being courted uh, and her time uh, marrying uh, Elvis Presley and sort of the what that experience was from her vantage point. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Priscilla?
1: Yeah, overall, I quite like this movie. Uh, I think the first half of this movie is one of the best things I've seen all year. And then unfortunately, I think the movie kind of goes off the rails a bit, which we can get into. Uh, but Basically, I feel like, so when I first heard that Sofia Coppola was making a Priscilla Presley movie, I was interested because it's 100% in her lane, right? You think I am not a completist by any means. I've never seen The Bling Ring or The Beguiled, for instance, but I think about the movies she makes, and a lot of it are about women who are kind of caught in a luxury that is suffocating to them, and they're struggling to find out their autonomy, who are they, and Sophia Coppola does this interesting thing where she never, like, totally vilifies the men or makes the women into pure victims. Like, she she's allowed to play with more nuance and kind of trickiness at the margins of, of that relationship. And in a way that I thought was just going to be so interesting for this movie, which is addressing a very creepy, disturbing, true thing that happened that nonetheless by the people who lived it has not been described as just a straightforward victim grooming horrible relationship and like how is she going to thread that needle of depicting the deeply deeply gross troubling nature of elvis most famous man on the planet courting a 14 year old girl and do it in a way that will be appropriately uncomfortable but also not like room, you know, like this is not meant to be a purely harrowing drama that is just telling you to like, it, it's meant to be more than just a horror story. It's meant to be actually something interesting about like desire from Priscilla's point of view too. Um And so I, going into it, I was already sold on the premise. And I think everything about the first half of this movie, where it is the courtship, it is Priscilla, being drawn to Elvis, being drawn to Graceland, uh, Elvis being smooth and charming, but also clearly childish and a little bit like empty and unhinged. Um, I thought it was all brilliantly done, and I like I loved it. I, I loved the filmmaking style. I loved the performances here. Uh, you were you and I were making comments in the intro. I think <laughs> Kaylee Spaney is really wonderful here, taking what is a passive character, but giving her a lot of agency and inner life and dimension and like she just really walks that line between you pitying priscilla and you also you get in a weird place in this movie where you are horrified at the idea that elvis would be with this young girl 14 at the start of it but even during a lot of their relationship she's still like 16 17 18 you know and yet a source of tension in the movie is also that priscilla has physical desires and needs that elvis is not meeting And it is really hard to make a movie where you feel both of those things at the same time. Horror that they would ever touch each other and also bad for her for being physically neglected. And I think Kaylee Spaney does an amazing (laughs) job of doing both at the same time by being this young girl who becomes a woman who is mesmerized by this giant all eclipsing force that is Elvis, but also is restless and uncomfortable and gaslit and trying to find her voice. I also think Jacob Elordi is really, really good as Elvis. (laughs) Like, like I was genuinely very impressed with the performance. I think he, he manages to be like buttery smooth and charming and sexy, but he's also volatile and childish and you never know what he's going to do. And I think he plays that so well that you understand why he would be such a good gaslighter and he would be able to still mine pity out of people who should never pity him. Um, I I, I just thought it, it was so well done. And then after she gets to Graceland and the relationship starts to unfold, it's like Sophia Coppola remembered she did the John Mulaney happy birthday card, right? Where she's like, Oh shit, I have to make a movie about their entire marriage. Um, And from there, it kind of becomes like a like a little mixtape or something where it's just like jumping into little moments in the relationship and fast forwarding through the I I don't know the span of time that they were married, but long enough to be married and have a a child and be separated for a time, you know, like the better part of a decade, at least. And that part. It still worked for me. I still liked it, but I did not like it anywhere near as much as the first half. And it started to feel more like it was stuck in the biopic. I am telling Priscilla Presley's story the way that she wanted it told, way. Um, but overall, I was still really happy with this movie. I, I was still very impressed with it. It unsettled me. I thought it was interesting. I thought it looked amazing. I thought it was well acted. And yeah, I was, I, I was a fan. And I wish, I wish this had been the Spencer of the Priscilla story where it could have just stayed in a few days in Priscilla's life and really like just soaked in that feeling she had rather than feeling the need to tell the whole life story, which just inevitably becomes a disappointing biopic trope. Um, So those are my thoughts from your hints. I feel like you might be less positive. So I want to hear what you have to say about Priscilla. Yeah. So I,
0: I like the idea of what this film is trying to do, right? Like I like the idea of let's tell this, this story, and you have, like, the biggest character in the world who is a side character to the story. And you're just kind of experiencing uh, what it was like to be around that person during this time. Like, on paper, love that. It seems great. I think, actually, we feel kind of similarly about the film generally. But for me, I don't – I don't – I, I, I'm, I'm unable to weight more heavily the beginning – as I get further into the end, because the end is all I'm sitting with during the course of the film like to me, I, I do like the the beginning sections, but I feel like that beginning section is a little bit one note, mm. um, you know, like I'm I'm totally into this creepy guy grooming this child and the exact way you sit in that and the way you feel watching that and how uneasy the entire audience is on it and then you really think about it like holy shit dude like this is really weird and the fact that everybody around elvis is just kind of fine with yeah. it like some of the other girls who are at some of these parties like have stuff to say like just comment about it but like for the most part men are helping him <laughs> like literally recruiting a 14 year old girl for him um you kind of get the feeling that maybe that's Happening elsewhere when he's traveling around and stuff like that. Um, And you kind of, it's just like all of the tone of all of that is pitch perfect. It it makes you feel exactly the way you need to. And as soon as we cross that moment, I feel like I'm done. I got everything that this film is going to offer me. And I think that as I go on, the problem with telling the story, like it's a story about what it felt like to be married to Elvis. But all the scenes you're choosing are when he is off gallivanting around, doing movies, doing... Shows she's sort of trapped at home and you kind of have that same note always like I you know I I was talking with Jamie a little bit on the drive home and like I I was trying to say like Like unreliable narrator is definitely not the the term I'm reaching for Mm -hmm. but like Priscilla is literally in the dark For most of what the entire world is happening while she's on this on this property. So we're watching a film that feels like a very, very long film where lots of time is passing, but she doesn't have a vantage point to anything that's happening in the world, anything that's happening with Elvis. She's trapped on this one property. We're always from her viewpoint, but never inside her head. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're really just supposed to be like, oh, how would I feel if I was here? But she never verbalizes how she feels. Like, you know, there's there's one moment of... uh, self-actualization she takes in this film and before she does that she goes and talks to all these people who in theory she would have been talking with all along Mm -hmm. but we never see a conversation with her talking to these people Mm -hmm. in graceland the people who would have had her back that would have cared about her that she would have cared about so like the film completely jettisons her voice completely and we just watch this like mood piece and for me, I was already in that mood mm-hmm. in the first scene where that where the guy walks up to her in the diner. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I like, am, I am, I am already there. You got me where you wanted me to be, and now you're gonna make me sit through an hour and a half more of this film. And I, I kind of like I didn't know what it wanted to say and the journey it wanted to take me on. And I think that because the film, the, it feels like the film is doing what Elvis did, mm-hmm. right? Like lock her in this house, don't let her talk, yeah. um, and kind of just don't accept anything that she's feeling and just kind of play it off. I feel like Sofia Coppola is doing that to her as well. And it's weird because I know that like Priscilla, like the real life person is like a producer on this film and it's based on her memoir. So like, I understand that something about this presentation is exactly what she wanted to communicate, but it just feels there's something weird about it where I was like, I, you're not, I'm not inside her head and I don't know what she's thinking so what am I supposed to feel yeah. because like I get that this was oppressive, but I don't get what she Felt other than just the oppression of being with Elvis also there's scenes where she's in her high school And all the kids are like oh my god, that's Priscilla She's with Elvis Blah, blah. and like and like it acts like she's ostracized at school because she is married to Elvis or, or dating Elvis whatever the time periods were but anytime you see her not in high school it seems like she wasn't allowed off the property yeah. and elvis barely treated her as though she existed so how does the world know <laughs> that she's elvis's girlfriend if she's not allowed to ever be seen with him and they don't go outside you know what i mean like there was this weird there's this weird like dichotomy between like what what each of these scenes were trying to say about the presence of people in the other scenes that didn't seem to jive with me and i, I don't know something about it just like left me wanting more of more of a movie i guess mm-hmm. or more of a story and, and 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 like it wasn't enough to just feel what it how lonely it must be to have like the biggest person in the world be your romantic partner right. but not be able to enjoy what it what you thought it would be like to be with this person who you idolized or yeah. you know maybe she didn't idolize him but i, I you think know, I, you
1: can assume she did i mean he was the biggest <clears throat> thing in the world yeah, and know. she definitely seemed to think highly of him i totally get the criticism I, uh, joanna felt similarly uh, actually about the movie so i was kind of alone in my unreserved praise <laughs> of it and it isn't unreserved because i think the first half is a million times better than the second but i guess unlike you that mood is something that i'm happy to live with for a whole movie and i think yeah when i think about Sofia coppola like at least in some movies like i um I keep thinking about Lost in Translation and basically the the character of like the woman who Scarlett Johansson who is like she's in this beautiful place and her husband is off, right? He's like photographing a rock band somewhere else in Japan and she's in Tokyo and she could do whatever she wants, but she's like sitting in the hotel thinking to herself and you don't get a whole lot of moments of like let me dig in and truly understand what it's like inside this person's head it's like she communicates the existential angst by looking at the beautiful surroundings that they are in and not finding joy from and that is like a vibe but it is it's definitely what she does here too like i think the passiveness of priscilla is a hundred percent the point you know jacob alordi his Elvis is so big, like literally so big. He <laughs> he dwarfs her, big. you know, every time he's on screen. And when he's gone, there's no sound. There's nothing. She's just alone. And she has a spark inside of her that wants to get out. But there's no outlet for her to have a voice. And I think the movie... You're right, the movie doesn't give her a voice, but I just think that's the point, I guess. that That's what she's trying to capture, is how does it feel like to be in this stifled thing that isn't always bad? Like, I don't want to, you know, people can clip this and cancel me, I guess. But there there are romantic moments in the first half of this movie that I think are genuinely sexy, <laughs> even though it is also <laughs> horrifying and grooming and, you like, terrible. It it does not play it as if she is a fully, she is not fully a victim in the way the movie is depicting her. Like she wants this or she thinks she wants this. And what she gets in the end isn't let me escape my abuser. It's I want more than this. And I think that's just such an interesting way to tell this story that is caught between, members of the Elvis estate who decry it as being too terrible and probably people who would decry it as being not hard enough on Elvis. And I, I just think it's towing an interesting line and the, the relative silence of the Priscilla character to me makes total sense with what Sophia Coppola is trying to communicate. This is, there's a movie that I've referenced before on the podcast um, that I don't think you've seen, which is the souvenir Um by Joanna Hogg, Mm -hmm. and that is like an autofictional story about a woman who is clearly her, um, who is in film school very early on and falls in love with a man who is significantly older, who is like charismatic, but also a complete asshole and a gaslighter and a drug addict. And that movie is all quietly about how it feels to love him and hate him at the same time. And I feel like this was that movie for Priscilla. And in order to do that, you need it to be Elvis hanging himself with his own words and his own behavior, and then her just restlessness when he's not there. So that that didn't bother me, basically.
0: So I, I think you may have just helped me articulate what I couldn't articulate for the first half of this podcast, which is... I don't understand what either of them get from each other. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't understand what either of them get from each other. I, like, outside of him just wanting a 14-year-old girl, <laughs> like, the innocence of it or whatever, I don't get, because, like, you're watching these scenes that are, like, creepy, and they go up to his room, and he just goes, like, all right, later, later why don't you just go to sleep right next to me let's have fun yeah. <laughs> that way you know like like it's not like he is he's not pursuing his creepiness past that point still creepy as fuck but it's like i'm not i'm not sure what his end goal is ever mm-hmm. and it feels a little bit like she doesn't it's like because she didn't know we don't get to know and i'd rather the film just take a stab mm-hmm. at like because he, he comes off as just weird <laughs> and not Just a predator like he's obviously was a predator, but I mean it's like I I want I want to understand his deviance Yeah, and not just be like that was fucking weird, right? Like, you know, like some people would tell this story as like Oh, yeah, this really weird thing happened Um, and then on the opposite side is what I am missing from her story is the thing that you were just saying about the souvenir is I don't Understand what she gets out of being with Elvis Mm -hmm. because like we see Elvis Like we, 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 we meet Elvis Later in his career when he's already world-famous and he got drafted or whatever he went to the war right Um, And that's when we meet him. So he's already at like the height of his celebrity There is never like, you know as much as we joked about You know Austin Butler's Elvis and like the scene where like every girl in the audience has an orgasm when he shakes his hips Right at least I got why the women wanted to fuck him in that moment, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) It's like a moment where you're like, oh, I see the sexual desire here this film didn't license any of his music, so there's no performances. There's no moment of you seeing, being drawn into Elvis's ca- ca- charisma. It's just a, he is Elvis, you know it, we're going to take that for granted, and she's obsessed with him because it's Elvis. Yeah. But, like, nothing in this film tells me that's Elvis other than a few outfits and the fact that he keeps referring to his house called Graceland. Right? Mm. You
1: know what I mean like, you like it's... you are not as sexually attracted to Jacob Elordi as I am?
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just not sexually attracted to Elvis. <laughs> um, but but no, but it, like it's it's a thing where like I don't get forget his physicality, right. right? Whatever, he's a man, right? His physicality is doing a lot of work for him, right? But it's like it, it, there there isn't a he's missing the seductive nature of it's it's like mm. imagine imagine that diner scene the you know when 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 she first gets recruited imagine that guy going up and going like so uh you like Elvis and she goes who's elvis that we don't have this movie right mm. <laughs> like it only works because she got invited to Elvis's place and she knew who Elvis was right. maybe part of it is that i don't have i don't idolize celebrity in that way mm-hmm. i have this like hard disconnect between the people who create stuff and them being real people at all, you know, um, like, I just, I, I don't know what to do with interacting with a person who makes something that I appreciate, right, because it's, just, I just don't have the connection. So there's never a world where, like, the opposite situation would have ha- ever happened for me, right? Because right? I'd be like, oh, cool, you made that song that I really, really like, that's great. And then I'd be like, all right, w- what else do you do? <laughs> you know what I, mean? like it's just, I, just, I just wouldn't know what to do with that, right? right. Like, I'm not, I'm not drawn and attracted to, celebrity in that way because I'm just so disconnected from it that it doesn't it doesn't automatically seduce me in that way. Yeah, right? I mean, I guess so it's, it's kind
1: of... the, like I, I get it. This movie is not doing the Boslerman thing of showing him shaking his hips and having us fall in love with him in that way. But I do think it's showing on the periphery like the swarm of paparazzi, the, the girls and women who mob the car and are screaming at him and want only to be near him, you know, to touch the hem of his garment. Like, I felt like it captures enough about the allure of the the lifestyle and the enormity of being with him. Um, I thought it communicated that, even though, of course, it could have done a, a, a shot showing him being more captivating. But we do get one when he's at a party early on and he's playing on the piano and it doesn't pause and just have him perform for us but it definitely shows like the gravitational pull of him i i felt at least like i felt but, like but, that but was when that... priscilla went from being oh my god i get to be at elvis's house to oh my god i'm in love with elvis
0: but but that's him like that's him and his own party with his own people right? right those those people are already in his orbit so it doesn't it's missing that it's it's missing a little bit of that like he's he is not a black hole of charisma that just mm. sucks in all light from around him and, 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 and absorbs it all into himself, right? Like, it, he's, just, he's just a dude who happens to be Elvis, and I think his namesake is doing so much of the heavy lifting, mm. as is his height and physicality. Um, and it just, for some reason, I just didn't understand why she just... What, what, like, I didn't get, like, you know, in the way you described the souvenir, once again, I haven't seen it. Mm. just the way this the sentences you use to describe it i understand the, the push and pull of like yes piece of shit but on the other hand like there's something about it that i can't live without right to me watching this film i was like priscilla you can just live without it like it's literally offering you nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> Like there's nothing here and you're not even getting the benefit of being able to go out into the world and enjoy the fact that everyone is like oh my god i want to be close to you because you're close to him it's just absent it's like it's like fame in a vacuum is not fame right yeah (laughs) i I
1: feel like it's a carrot that is always dangled and that it never happens which is what the life is going to be with him and it always feels like there's like a we have to wait we have to wait let's do this i have to do the tour first i have to do xyz um I, I get it. And in terms of what do they get <laughs> out of it, to get, you so, have
0: to hit 18.
1: <laughs> so for me, I, I feel like Kaylee Spaney communicates what what she gets out of it, at least early on. You know, I think there's a long time in the middle of her struggling to find a reason to stay. Um, and that is more of the being trapped to me. That's more like the the repercussions of abuse and gaslighting is like feeling like you have to stay and feeling like you would be bad to leave, even though you deserve to. But early on, I a hundred percent see the allure and the pull, And I think she communicates that desire really well in terms of Elvis. Like we mentioned, he's a predator definitely, but in this movie, he is not depicted primarily as a predator because he is lustful, right? Like this is a guy who has a, anyone he wants it is a weird creepy use of power and it's a power of like having her having her all to himself and making her in his image you know he literally over the course of the film he literally gets her to make her hair poofier and darker and to dress the way that he thinks she should dress like one of to me the most like disquieting scenes in the movie is when he takes her dress shopping with all of his friends and she's trying things on. And for a little bit, they're like, "Woo, you look great. This is, you know, she's like happy with some, she's not happy with others. And then there's a one that she really likes and he doesn't like the color and he just shuts it down. He just completely is like, no, that's not your color. You don't wear that color. And that like, yeah, her being like an American girl doll that he can just dress the way he (laughs) wants and use the way he wants and keep in his mansion all to himself that is the weird Yuri i don't know if it's his like m- weird southern charm or whatever where he thinks like i need a good old girl you know like a madonna whore type thing where he wants like the the perfect unblemished like almost untouched woman in his life to be his wife who is just hiding away while he does all of his evil things um but yeah. there's definitely something very odd and twisted about it that to me was an interesting take um at least and yeah i don't he obviously doesn't communicate the charisma that austin butler does but i don't know like i i like robert pattinson's batman i like jacob elordi's elvis i like i like my lanky (laughs) emo (laughs) emo i love robert pattinson's (laughs) batman (laughs) yeah i don't know what else to say it is definitely a choice and it is i can totally get this film not I feel like most people will be at least somewhat disappointed <laughs> by this movie because it, <laughs> it is not giving the straightforward biopic that some people, not you, but like some people were probably hoping to see when they were just like, oh my God, yeah. euphoria guys in an Elvis movie. Let me go watch it. Um, and it also is not giving the just like tense, d- dramatic story of abuse and gaslighting and predatory like living under a predator that I think one might wish it would do. I think it's doing something much weirder and more in between, but I, I, I don't know. I was captivated by it the whole time. And I, I think no one else could have made it like um, Sophie, a couple of made it. So I'm, I'm into it in the end.
0: That's a good note. Then on Steven,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I was into it in the end as well. And just before, before anyone cancels me, I'm not saying I wanted them to get together. I'm saying the movie clearly communicates that Priscilla has her own wants and needs and desires. And the director is making a point of showing that that is there, even though that does not make it okay that a 14 year old who has that feeling for a man that obviously that doesn't make it okay, (laughs) but the movie (laughs) wants it to be squeaky and complicated Uh, And I think it pulls that off.
0: It wants you to, in theory, root for it to happen. even though you just spent the last 30 minutes thinking like, oh, my God, this is so gross. Don't let this happen.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it wants you to feel both because that is presumably at the time before Priscilla knew better what she was feeling. And this movie is all about how is she feeling in the moment.
0: All right, cool. Well, let's get to our verdicts then, Stephen, for this one. If you're going to to say must-see, record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm
1: giving it a recommend with a caveat. Uh, I think it is extremely well done. I was into it the whole time. The caveat, as I laid out, is I think no matter who you are, this is likely to disappoint you on some level. For me, I'm disappointed with the kind of fast-forward biopic aspect of the second half of the movie even though the tone the vibe i still enjoyed all the way through um but even me being disappointed by it i still think it is audacious and well executed and left me left me thinking and feeling uncomfortable which i think is 100 percent what Sofia coppola wants so recommend it just know whatever movie you think you're gonna get this probably is going to be at best half of that movie
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what Sofia coppola wants but not exactly what Christopher Shaysay wants. Right. Uh, I'm going to give this a pass with a caveat. Um, it's, you know, as a as a weird, creepy short film with, uh, with a guy's friend trying to pick up a 14-year-old girl in a diner, that works. <laughs> that part of the film works. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. It makes you feel the way you're supposed to feel. It makes the entire audience shift nervously in their seats. Um, beautiful, you know, five out of five. Uh, 10 out of 10 no notes um, the rest of the film left me severely wanting uh, much in the way Priscilla was <laughs> for half of the film and <laughs> not in the way that Elvis wasn't yeah <laughs> um, that is gonna do it for our review of Priscilla Stephen Miller if people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that
1: uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash Miller Blue Sky threads, everything else at S. David Miller. See, I reverted to Twitter. I've been trying not to say it recently, uh, or S. <laughs>
0: People can find me at or ChristopherIRL and a number of places, including Mastodon.social. Um, you can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning, or Instagram.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com. Um, or use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from Artlist.io, so hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, we are about to take off, and we are going to go record a review of The Marvels. Marvels? The Marvels. The Marvels. (laughs) The Marvels. (laughs) Um, So we will see you in that review soon, (laughs) if I make it. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Jason Love
1: Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh,